Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Positive Friday continues on at the Sports Center TSN 1260. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you. What a beautiful Friday. Oh, my goodness. Can't ask for a much better day. It's hot, but not crazy hot. Uh, very little wind. Oh, it's ideal. Barbecue weather. Oh, maybe pick up some steaks. Get to Meatheads if you haven't been there, man. Unbelievable steak or chicken, pork, whatever you want. Um, if you're looking for really good meat, that's where you go. And it's all local, which makes it even better. So check it out, which is... Uh, Outstanding. Uh, also, um, before we get to uh, Jason Strutter, I just want a big shout out to uh, somebody who's been a, a big supporter of our show for for many years, uh, for charity events and and sponsors and stuff. Uh, Greg Kenny from uh, Vivo uh, Ristorante. Uh, we're just hoping, uh, Greg, you have a very speedy recovery. Uh, I'm happy to hear that you uh, have you're on the road to recovery. And uh, we wish you all the best. And uh, we're thinking about you, and we look forward to to having dinner again very soon. And I just wish you and everyone the best in the uh, the road to recovery right now. So let's uh, welcome in to the program uh, Jason Strudwick, who is, uh, it's a good thing it's Positive Friday today because it could be a somber Friday for uh, Struddy as the uh, the Kamloops Blazers with a, a heartbreaking loss last night in OT. Oh, man, that was a tough one. You know, you're up 4-1, uh, and then they just, they just found a way to get back into it, right? And, I mean... This is hard to say, but when you're when you're the host team, it's it's hard because you're maybe not in this cycle of being you know the the, the best team, but you you know you add a, you you have a pretty decent team that you add some extra players, but there are other teams that are kind of in that cycle of greatness. And you know specifically looking at Seattle, I don't think Peterborough we can say that they weren't exactly a powerhouse all year. Um, and then Quebec, you know, so you're you're trying to compete with those guys, and man, they were trying hard and and but. It's just hard. I think it it makes – I would guess it'd be harder to lose at home than it is on the road, right? Because now they can't just leave. Like, that's their home. They, it's not like they're flying back from wherever. So those guys, they, they gave it a good effort. Um, you know, it, it still feels like destiny at Seattle-Quebec on Sunday. Uh, I guess anything's possible uh, with the game tonight with Peterborough and Seattle. But I, I, I don't know. I just think it just feels like Seattle – Quebec to me. Seattle looked, Seattle and Quebec looked the best two teams for me that I've seen on TV, then especially live. I, man, that was a, that was a tough sequence because I thought they won the game. Started your boy, your favorite defenseman. Man, he had a great chance. And then uh, they come back down the other way. And that's just, you know, that's a brutal way to, to end your career for a lot of those uh, Kamloops Blazers. Obviously, it was a great regular season and just a, a tough loss for sure. What what was the highlight for Struddy off of the ice in your three days back in the in the yeah. loops? 
you know what I, I think it was is that sitting down, we, so we had an assistant coach named Ed Dempsey. We called him Shacker. And so when I first got there, about five or six of us went and had lunch with them and a couple beers, obviously. And, you know, he, we were kind of reliving or talking about how great we used to be. But he was kind of telling it from the other side, right, from the coach's side. We were 18, 19, some guys 17, 16. And, you know, he was kind of taking us through what was happening behind the scenes. And, uh, you know, there was a time – this this in this one playoff series against Portland, we had a huge huge brawl. Like everyone was fighting the brawl. The the, the coaches got into it. Uh, the players were fighting, and that was kind of my first and only like bench clearing brawl. It was crazy, and the league really wanted to hammer down on us. They wanted they they thought you know Portland was saying we started and I don't know who started. I mean I was at the other end of the bench trying to get into the fight and whenever all hell's breaking loose. And then I guess what he says is that one of the security guards whose job it was to monitor the two benches. He came forward and said, no, this is what happened. These are the people at fault. And based on that, we didn't get – I don't think we got a massive suspension on our coaches because they want to – at first, they want to suspend all the coaches. So they didn't suspend all the coaches. And uh, then we kind of – he failed feels. That was a turning point for us because we kind of bonded and realized, like, they were bigger and tougher than us, but it didn't matter. We were going to beat them. So it's kind of neat hearing that story because I, I didn't know that. You know, I just thought no one got – you know, we didn't really get suspended or hit that hard with any fines. Who started it, Struts? Well, that's we're still trying to. This this my assistant coach feels that the other coach punched one of our coaches, and then then it there's a like there's a little piece of glass like the the piece of glass was just tiny. It was less than like a visor that someone would be wearing, and I just remember that thing just came down and and uh, people just came flying. You can actually see it on YouTube. And all of a sudden, everyone is flying all over the place. People are fighting. You know, one guy a guy came out of the penalty box and attacked their goalie. Like, it was just a complete gong show. And, you, I mean, you, you wouldn't see that anymore. Um, it, yeah. was, it was a mess. But I'm not going to lie. I'm happy I was in it. But it's scary. It's really scary <laughs> when you don't know where the punch, next punch is coming from. Oh, it's one thing to fight one guy. It's another to fight 25, and you don't have any idea where anything's coming from. And Portland was a bigger team than you guys at that time? Yeah, they had, you know, bigger t- – t- yeah, like I think their their tough toughest guy wasn't the toughest our toughest guy, but after that, like they had the guys you know people remember like Jason Weimer, or, uh, Brad oh, Sine. Yeah, he was and, tough. Yeah, like just big tough guys, right? And I hadn't quite become like the fighter. I know I was only eighteen. I wasn't really the best fighter. I guess I could fight him, but you know, years later we would fight, and it was it was not much fun uh, for for one of us for him for sure. But I think you just it's a different it's a different time right so he it, it, was, it was crazy it was actually you know you looking back on like if it happened now if they're like we were sitting there talking if there had been a, a brawl like we had on this tv now it it there'd be probably be a national inquiry right uh the prime minister to call for inquiry and like we'd be run out of out of hockey forever <laughs> like it would just be a gong show yeah people get a little uh, oversensitive at times for sure. So yeah, you you had some success. Did you give him a good Rogering study? Is that what I'm hearing when you fought? We yeah, I did. I did. You know, and actually, I I also I'll tell you the story. So I was playing for Vancouver, and he was with the Flames, and he was tough. Jason Weimer was about. He looked like a man when he was 14. So anyway, so he was kind of bullying guys, and he kept bullying Ed Jovanovsky. And I remember saying to Jack McCarty, like, "Let me out there. Let me go fight this guy." He's like, "Study." You know, he's a big, tough guy. I'm like, I know, just let me out there. So I went out there, and I chased him down, and I beat him. And then Ed Jovanovsky didn't have a problem with it again. And so Jack Max said, oh, good, good job. I'm like, yeah, that, that is, that was my job. And uh, so it was, a, I, you know, I've never found that fight online. I cannot find it. It's like a missing, 
The missing uh, video, right? It's the, not on hockey know. fights. I, I can't find it. I can't find it. Now, if someone sees it, I, I've been wrong, but I've never seen it. Um, I've never mm-hmm. seen that fight. So maybe someone has it on the beta. Debate or something, but uh, well, you didn't. Uh, you were you were, so you're playing for the Canucks at the time. Yeah, and he was in uh, Calgary, I believe Calgary, and he was tough. Like he's a tough. Uh, he was a high pick. I want to say he's like maybe top ten, maybe eighth overall, somewhere in there. He was very high. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I think he might have been um, eighth or ninth. So, yeah, he. I, I remember him. Like, yeah, he was a big, uh, you know, pretty big, strong guy. So. But uh, he was uh, he was eighth overall, Strutty, in uh, yep, there go. 1994. Yeah, big so. and tough and just so strong. But he looked like that. Like, he, I remember the first – I never – you know, I, I wasn't playing elite hockey and at, you know, whatever, 15 or 16 and even 12 or nothing. So I, I, I show up in the, in the Western League and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he literally looked 25. You know, I barely had a, a beard. I had to, like, just for men, my goatee in to look intimidating. And this guy, he was shaving me in between periods. Otherwise, he'd be have too big a beard. <laughs> so we'd be, we'd have to fight this guy. That wasn't actually, uh, yeah, that was a little bit, uh, that was a little bit hard. But anyways, yeah, so you go back there and see all your buddies, you know, and, and, and uh, it's funny, Shane Doan was there. And we were obviously teammates, and he and I fought when we got to the NHL. But now his yeah. son is an older gentleman, so Donor asked me to tell the story about when we fought, and he told the story from his perspective, and mine, obviously, mine was much closer to the truth than his was. But at the end, I told him, I said, you know what? I got in so much trouble after I fought you, Shane Doan. And he's like, why? What happened? I said, because my coach was so pissed off that I fought a fourth liner. And honestly, you would have thought that like his son was going to explode. But his son's a, a man now. He's 21. He plays in, in – or he'll play in the minors next year. He played college, and then he'll be – well, maybe in the NHL. I don't know, whatever. But he'll be a pro. And he thought it was so funny. Like, he couldn't believe it. Like, he's like, I love that you're tripping my dad. I'm like, well, don't get – I don't want to get him mad because he'll beat me up. But, uh, yeah, it was – it was pretty funny to see all those guys. And you just all telling stories. You know, it's like a high school reunion, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was great back then. Was, t- was Tyson Nash uh, sniffing around? He didn't. He couldn't come. It was uh, He had to choose between his wife's birthday and, and this. Oh. So he, he oh. cho- yeah, that was a tough – I think it was – well, for us, it was disappointing. But I get it. I get it. But disappointing. Yeah. 320, I'm at Sports Center, TSN 1260. We're going to get to uh, lots on the uh, Stanley Cup final. Uh, the NBA, man, Jokic is just so – Good. Uh, lots of texts. Hey, Strutty, if it's not on hockey fights, it didn't happen. Well, we might have to. That is odd, though. I'm not going to lie. It seems odd that it's not on there. So uh, who knows? Strutty's, Strutty's research sometimes can miss. But uh, Jason Weimer, so that would have happened. Uh, he was in Calgary, and uh, you were in Vancouver. So uh, I look at the years uh, where it crosses over. There's only, there's only a few odds. There's like three years that that could have happened. So uh, we'll have we'll we'll try to track it down. Maybe we'll somebody in the in the Vancouver archives might uh, might have that fight ready. So we'll, uh, you know, yeah, I mean be- I haven't seen it on YouTube. Most of them are on YouTube, and so I'm not saying it's I don't know it's not available. It's got to be available. I just I haven't seen it. All right. Quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Three twenty-seven. Happy pause of Friday. Hope you are having an awesome day. Gregor, Strudwick, Connor Halley with you. It's time to get to the playoff report brought to you by Tenacor. The fire protection industry is moving to high-volume flows and large-diameter equipment. Call the team at Tenacor for high-volume water manifolds, hoses, valves, and fire monitors. Also, if you ever need any sort of hair tips, 
the Annette brothers, like rock star hair, rock star hair. I've never seen Strutty more jealous of someone's hair than the Annette brothers. A tenacore. Check it out, tenacore.com. Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide, joins us uh, once again. Al, Stanley Cup final, Florida, Vegas. One of these franchises is going to host the Stanley Cup for the first time in franchise history. If it's Vegas, that'll be the first time in only six years. And uh, Bill Bill Foley will become the modern-day Peter Pocklinton by claiming he was going to win a Stanley Cup in the first six years. Yeah, it, it really is an amazing story. Now, I, I will say this, that, that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Edmonton Oilers, they, they had to work hard. They were given no gifts by the league when they entered, uh, except for the Gretzky gift, and they had to negotiate that. Vegas got a hell of an expansion deal. But even with that, I think you can give them credit for being, I, I mean, I don't know what's beyond aggressive, but but they they have moved players in and out to try to win the Stanley Cup, and I, I you have to respect the ownership because it all starts with the owner, uh, and I think they're the better team. I don't know if they'll win the Stanley Cup, but I think they're the better team. What about the play of uh, Jack Eichel? Are you surprised the um, the completeness of his game that we've seen through three rounds? You know, it's it's funny because I think that what makes Eichel so effective is they have the other line with uh, Carlson and, and uh, uh, Stone, so they, they they really have two number one lines. And and I, if there's one thing I think the Oilers may have to do here, uh, and probably have to do here this off season, is find that sixth uh, winger, uh, I guess the, the second line right winger for Leon Dreisaitl's line, and have that player be a really like a bigger, stronger, two-way guy uh, who can play the game over 200 feet because uh, Vegas had their top two lines were more effective. The one line uh, would would basically take care of the the top Oilers line, and then Eichel ran all over the Edmonton Oilers, and they didn't have an answer. And for me, that was the difference in the series. And you know, people can be critical of Jay Woodcroft, but he had some injured guys, and he was trying to cobble together the best roster he felt he had. And I think that, that I mean, it's obvious now. We'll see what they do over the summer. But uh, Vegas built a better mousetrap. That's all there is to it. Well, then you throw in, you're not even mentioning Stevenson and Stone line. So, yeah. you know, that's, uh, you know, they, they've definitely got three lines. And, and their fourth line in Vegas plays way more than the fourth line in Florida. And I just, that's why I'm picking Vegas. I think one through four, their lines are better. And they have way better defense. Top one through six, their defense core is just deeper. Florida has the advantage in goal. And Bobrovsky is, is likely going to have to stand on his head if Florida's going to win this series. Yeah, I... I you know, since 1971 and Ken Dryden, I always recognize that no matter how talented your team is, if the, if you get goaltended, it, it's it's pretty ugly and it's very disappointing. And I mean, I don't know. I, maybe this layoff is going to you know be the end of Bobrovsky, and maybe he's had too much time to think. But uh, he has been so good, and. I think that's the one thing that you know Florida's not. They're they're going to be competitive, but I think if you're uh, if you're an Oilers fan and and uh, Vegas 
can run over the goaltending uh, in this series, then you've got to give it to Vegas. If if, if Florida wins, then then maybe I think the people who, who claim that the Oilers' goaltending was not good enough um, may have a case. But I think I think Bob is the key for Florida, and I think for uh, for Vegas, as you say, their, their depth. If you if you can suppress one or two lines, that's fine. But they've got four that can kill you. Do you believe that uh, the physicality of Bennett and uh, Matt Tuchuk will have an impact, or, or what kind of impact in this series? Well, you, you know, there was a hit in the in the Dallas series, uh, and oh. gosh, I don't even remember the defenseman was a Sutter. I don't Sluts? remember. I, I mean, I, I like I, I watched Eddie Shack flatten Al Sims in 1974, and I've never forgotten that. And I will never forget that Sam Bennett hit. I think that's as hard as you can hit somebody legally in NHL <laughs> history. He, he smoked that guy, Strutty. Well, sla- really yeah, Slavin. Slavin, yeah. A slavin. Okay, well, I, I mean... I, Honestly, I, I I just I can't even. Oh, yeah, the wrong series. I, I can't even describe. Like I I watched it and I the first thing I said was that's a dirty hit, and then I watched it again and again and again and it was guys it wasn't a dirty hit. No, uh, that's as clean as you can get. Honestly, that's one of the best open ice hits I've seen. Shoulder down, didn't take any steps. It was just pitcher perfect. And the and the fact that he did it on Slavin, who rarely gets hit, made it even more impressive. Yeah, and, and he, he's a very, as you say, he's very aware. And and but but Bennett is like, I, you know, Edmonton Oilers fans don't feel sorry for Calgary Flames fans. But man, if you're watching this series and you're a Flames fan or a former management person, you're watching Bennett play really strong, and Kachuk <laughs> owns the owns the playoffs. So th- that's a lot. Like that's a those are key, two key pieces. And, and I think coming out of this. Like no matter what happens for Florida, uh, you, you know they they had a weird year and they're a Cinderella story. But you know you can see with, with Kachuk there and with Bennett and I, and I do like their defense. Although my my favorite player since Jason Strudwick in Radko Gudis is getting a little older, uh, but I. They, they have a nice team there. They have a lot better team than I would have given credit for uh, at the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, they've, they've done a really good job. Joined by uh, Alan Mitchell here on the uh, Jason Gregor Show on TSN 1260 on this beautiful Friday afternoon. Just to follow up on that, you know, when I, when I look at the Oilers, they tried to pound uh, Petrangelo and Stone. You know, and they, they absolutely wailed away on them. And we saw some of the hits legal, some, I guess, not illegal. Depends how you look at it. But I, I don't know that Vegas is really going to be phase fight because they've already seen it. They've seen this physicality uh, from the Oilers, and it didn't really seem to rattle them other than, I guess, the tomahawk chop from uh, Petrangelo. Yeah, and they're they're... You know they're deep, and and that's what you know. We don't know who's hurt. You know, we, I know Eichel isn't, but we we know that they're they're you know they seem to be very effective, and whatever injuries they have, they're they're um, they're hiding it pretty well. And part of that is depth. They just have so much good depth. Like, you know, the the fourth line of Vegas, they're big and they're strong, and you can go out and get big strong guys. But they actually during the regular season they outscored the opposition and they. Done it even more in the playoffs. They're they're one of those big throwback fourth lines that that also works for, in an analytics era because they're, they they outshoot and outscore the opposition. They're an absolute load, and they like they play.
play a lot more than, than I think people think they do, and they're very effective. And so I, I, I think if there is an injury, Vegas is more easy, can more easily overcome it because they've got so much depth they can just fade one of the lines and, and you barely know it until the end of the series. Al, the uh, Memorial Cup, a uh, pretty entertaining tournament so far. It's down to three teams. Uh, tonight we'll have the semifinal, Seattle and, and Peterborough. Um, Strutty's Blazers, uh, really heartbreaking loss last night to, in overtime on home ice to the uh, the Peterborough Pizza. Uh, you know, Seattle playing tonight, they've got 11 players already drafted. They have four more that are going to get drafted this season. Like, they're a real deep team. Uh, you know, the owners don't have anybody at the, this year's Memorial Cup and probably aren't going to have any guys any time in the near future. They're just, you know, they're in a, in a in a time now where they don't have a lot of draft picks or anything. So uh, when you watch the Memorial Cup, do you, like some people have had texts in like, oh, the owners aren't going to win because they don't have anybody, you know, on the good team. I totally disagree. I don't, I don't, when I look at Vegas, which draft picks do Vegas have on their team? Any? Now I know that they no. they did expansion draft, but do they have any, have any coming right? Like I guess Logan Thompson, but he's not playing. They don't. They have been a team that if if you have your big guys signed, which they went out, like they went out and got Petrangelo, big free agent. Okay, they traded for Stone. They obviously made some good moves in the expansion draft, but I don't know if if the draft for the next three years for Edmonton. I hate to say, I don't know if it matters that much. Do you? Well, it. it, it... It matters because they got Matthias Ekholm, but but you're right in that the, the the draft picks are being used to fuel the current team, and that's all you really care about. You know, if you're like I love the draft, I love following the draft, I paid attention to the draft, I remember Stuckrick was drafted, I remember all that stuff. But for the Oilers, for the next three or four years, if you're an Oilers fan, don't worry about the draft because it's not important. What's important is the the player they're going to get at the deadline when they trade the 2024 first round pick to try to get them to the to the Stanley Cup because believe me when a time comes to rebuild they'll have lots and lots of picks that's just the way it works <laughs> I, you know I, I think Peter Chiarelli made a tactical error in 2017 at the deadline when he, oh, yeah. he he traded for David DeHarnay and that was a really good trade he traded Brandon Davidson for him but I was always surprised he didn't try to do more because you never know when you're going to get back again and I think he really felt like you know well this is just one year I'll, I'll you know, I'll invest more, and he never got a chance. He got fired before he could ever, you know, be a buyer of the deadline again. And I, I, what I like about what Ken Holland did, like he hasn't been a perfect team builder, but when he had a chance to get Matias at home, he did. And you can argue the cost, but that's a tough argument to make because they were so much better and they have him for term and they'll have him next year. I, th- I think if you're an Oilers fan, you almost hope the Oilers trade the 2024 first because that means they really believe they can win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I, I, I hear you and I, I do understand. What about a little move like they made the other day, trading a fifth rounder for a former first round? Oh boy, that was hard for me to say. A fifth rounder for a thir- former third rounder. What do you think of that? Trying to be, you know, maybe a little more. Uh, I, I guess kind of just, you know, trading for something that was someone else can't deal with. Like, did you like that type of move and that player they got? Yeah, it's just, for me, it's it's another move that that. that, that 
let's be honest here, the fifth-round pick this year in 2023, by the time they reach pro and if they ever play in the National Hockey League, the McDavid contract will be over. So let, I don't. I have no idea whether the, the player they traded for will be good enough, but their scouts say so, So, or they wouldn't have traded for him. They sign him, he goes to the AHL, he's in his entry-level deal, and, you know, for me, he's a bet. Like, it's a good bet, but he's a bet that one day he'll be able to come up here and, and fill a role uh, in a productive role for the Edmonton Oilers, and whoever they got in the fifth round, I don't, and it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, a, a great player, th- that player would be 18 years old and, and nowhere close to the NHL. The Oilers have to load up, even in the AHL, because chances are they're going to have to have some recalls here this year, and, and I, you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on the new guy, but he's a right-handed center, and he's big, and he's aggressive, and he can win face-offs, and there's a lot to like. Redline Report loved the guy uh, in his draft year. Al Mitchell joins him at Sports Theater TSN 1260. Al, uh, one last one. Uh, when it, when it, here we are in June. What did you make of the Dubas decision to go to Pittsburgh? Because uh, I think Trelamine has a better chance to have success. This is going to be a real test uh, of Dubas, and I think the patience of the, the Pittsburgh franchise, because they could make the playoffs next year. I'm not sure how competitive they can be past two years. Yeah, I, I think this is a real daring career move by, by Kyle Dubas. It's like when Struddy came here to save the Oilers. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big... <laughs> It's a big ask, you know, but I, Dubas is pretty clever. And one of the things that I think you might see Pittsburgh do is wait for some of those young players who need to be qualified and maybe are looking for a raise. Maybe they don't get qualified, and I bet Dubas goes in and scoops up a, few, a couple of those guys. Or like if Yamamoto gets bought out, not that he's a, necessarily a Penguins type of player, but that, that sort of young player who they could sign, get at an inexpensive price, get two or three of them, and then increase their their pool of talent because that's a real problem, guys. The, the, all their old guys played really well. Crosby and Malkin, they had really good years and, and pretty much, I mean, almost like the oldest, five forwards played really, really well, but they're all older and you need young guys who are going to come up and push. And right now they, like, they don't have anything that they've drafted because they've traded it all. And I think like Dumas doesn't have a lot of natural tools available to him, like draft picks. So it's going to be an interesting summer. I think they might go after that RFA or our Group Six free agent group. Al, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you on uh, next week. Yeah, thanks very much. And Strutty, sorry about your Blazers, man. That's too bad. I thought they had it. <laughs> I don't think you're being serious, but at least they're in the top four, right? They, well, I guess they would. They would have finished fourth, yeah. Well, they look good. The, the jerseys are gorgeous. They, they did look good, and I, I just, you know, I, they didn't retire my jersey. I thought that's why I was going, which was a bit disappointing. So, well, I, I kind of told you they weren't. If you just asked me, I would have let you know. <laughs> it, it'll be after I die. <laughs> <laughs> be good, boys. Have a good one. That's uh, Alan Mitchell, a.k.a. Low Tide. Uh, we'll return. We have uh, Struds on and more on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Positive Friday rolls through, man. Days just flying by. I love it. Beautiful day outside. Hope you are having an awesome day. Are you having better plans for the weekend? 
course, uh, WHL action. Uh, lots of connection to the Edmonton area. Lots of Edmonton area kids playing for the Seattle Thunderbirds tonight. So, well, a lot of those families are already there in Kamloops and uh, friends likely watching tonight on TSN. The NHL Stanley Cup final begins tomorrow. You have Game 2 of the NBA on Sunday. You have WHL final on Sunday. You've got uh, F1. Of course, the Blue Jays. Can they... Uh, can they find some traction? Uh, Elks not playing this weekend. The uh, Stingers not playing, but the Riverhawks open up tonight. And, uh, man, that's a great stadium. Fantastic stadium. So I would, uh, if, if you're looking for a, for a great night out uh, tonight, I would, uh, I would check that out because, like, it's a perfect time to want to go. So enjoy that. Let's get to Strud's On Now, brought to you by G.S. Construction. And uh, they are big, proud supporters of uh, many local charities, including Kidsport and a uh, big sponsor of the Kevin Lowe Roast, which goes uh, next Friday. That's G.S. Construction. Jason Greger Show presents Strud's On, March Madness. Had North Mexico State. You mean New the, Mexico? It's in North, <laughs> what is it? I, I can't it's write it down. It's New Mexico. Well, there's just says N on my bracket. Himself. I'm an open book, Griggs. I'm a flower that's blooming uh. in front of the whole world, and I have no problem. Facebook. I was poking everything that moved. I just thought it was cool. The Jason Greger Show presents Strud's On. Help me out, skill coach. So yesterday, uh, you know, Elliot Freeman, who's a pretty connected guy, was was talking about a new trial agreement between the uh, the league and the players. That in the off season, uh, a skills coach from the team can go on ice with the player, but the player has to request it. So you know, you could say like Vina Darnay said, "Hey, I want to work with whatever David Pelche this summer." Um, you know, and, and and he's got to contact the the the, the PA, the PA will let the league and the team know. Then, boom. They're going for it. So they're just doing it for one year. Now, I love this. Now, guys have – they do – they already have uh, skills coaches. Yeah, or a lot of – there are – there are, I should say that. There are many skill coaches available. You can't swing a cat by the tail in an arena without hitting a skills coach. Um, but, you know, getting the right ones and getting the one that can help you specifically is always a bit of a challenge. But now, if there's a good rapport with a, 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 certain, pl- a certain skills coach on a team, you're now able to work with it uh, or with this guy – uh, in the off season, right? You know, the other day the the, the Sidians got fined, or the Vancouver Canucks got fined because the Sidians were out on the ice with some players. Now, you know, if I was a player on that team, I'd love to be able to work with that those guys. If I was a center, or a forward, or a power play guy, whatever it is, you imagine the value that that, that would have out of season. Not talk, yeah. in season is one thing, but out of season to be clear. So I think this is a great move in the right direction. The challenge is if the the teams bully them a little bit and I, I when I was in Vancouver and I've shared the story before where at the end of the season Mark Crawford said hey where are you going to spend the summer I'm like I'm spending it in Edmonton man he's like um, well we'd like you to spend it here I'm like oh that's great and I, you know he goes well you've got a good trainer I'm like I've got great trainers there buddy I'm always in great shape he's like do you like being a Vancouver Canuck I'm like I do he's like we'll see you here June 1st I'm like Loud and clear. And so I spent the summer in uh, Vancouver working out and playing in all their golf tournaments. But uh, so, I mean, that's that's not ideal. Was it a bad place to spend the summer? No. But it wasn't like I need. I, I didn't find the training was any better than what I was having at home um, already. But if I could have been on with their skill coach or the guy that if I got really liked, that may have swayed my vote about staying there. So anyways, I like this. I like this going on. I wonder where it leads. Does it, you know, do they, does it at some point open up more for 
group group time together or maybe a power play group. We all fly in for three days and work on the power play offseason. I don't know because NFL's got it. I don't know if NHL wants it, but the door is open here a little bit, Gregs, and that, that we might get to that point at some point. Yeah, Rashog and I were disagreeing with this. I'm with you. I, I, I don't see a huge negative. I understand the, the, the potential of maybe, you know, a team trying to do what you just said. Um, but here's where the player, I, it's, it's different times now, Stratty. Right? Like, if a player really felt that, then he would just tell the PA or tell his captain and say, hey, this is what the organization is trying to do, and it would be shut down. Right? Like, that's, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm naive, but I, I think there'd be a much more realistic chance right now that the, the player, if they really didn't want to go, wouldn't go. And I know that young player struts, most of them can't necessarily afford a, a skills coach, like a high-end yes. one. Right, so yeah. if if you're able to work with this, so there's two full for me. I wonder if the skills coaches in the NHL are like, hey, wait a sec, like am I getting a raise for this? Like suddenly I got to work exactly. way more times. Honestly, that'll that'll be yeah. something that, that I think they have to man. look at. And um, if if NHL teams want to look at this, there are lots of good independent skills coaches, and I've always thought that. You might see teams looking, and if you look at your department and say, okay, well, why do we only have one skills coach? Why wouldn't we have multiple? Because uh, I remember Adam Oates being on our show and saying, hey, if I'm a left shot, I, I need a left skills coach and I need a right shot skills coach. If you only have one skills coach, guess what? He, unless he's Gordy House, right? he ain't shooting both ways. So, you know, as as the as it evolves, uh, I'll be curious to watch to see how serious teams take this. Like, teams have a goalie coordinator. They got multiple goalie coaches. They got four or five goalies in the organization. How many skaters do they have and they have one skills coach? Like, they're still far behind. I think there's lots of room to grow from this. And I do think it could potentially, the players that want to improve, I think you're going to see it improve because they're going to be able to. And I think then the skills coaches that are good are the ones who are going to get hired even more. And they're going to make more money. Yeah, and, and so that's the thing. The challenge is this, is that how do you pay a skill, like a good skills coach? Probably, is, well, not probably, will not get paid the same by an NHL team as they will by doing their own thing, right? Like, that's just that's just the truth. Unless right? the NHL team wants to invest properly, right? Well, then you got to invest a lot, right? So you have to say, okay, Jason, or whatever. Like, what, Timmy, what do, what do you make from, from, you know, working with all these guys all summer? You make a lot of money, right? Now, um, you know, they got to figure that out. And then do they, do they invest and say, okay, we're going to get the best guy. We're going we're gonna, to, whatever you make, whatever you make in your own, we're going we're gonna to equal you. And, and have you basically your 24 hours a day on call, right? That would be, they'd probably work less, but be, uh, how can I say this? They'll, yeah, I they'll, know what you mean. They'll probably have less hours, but they'll have to be on call more, if that makes sense, right? Like they'll mm-hmm. have to be more accessible um, or just accessible whenever the players want them. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, I now that I, I've seen where they're at, I would do this in a heartbeat. I would hire the best skill coach I could. Yes. Um, to, because if you can turn, you know, two million dollar player into a guy who's worth three million, you know, it's it's worth it, especially if it costs you maybe three hundred grand for that skill coach, right? Because some of these guys do really well, really well away from the ice, or, or sorry, away from the NHL. Oh, hundred percent, right? And I I would think the the forward thinking organizations are going to be the ones who do this. Yeah, and then you got to figure out. Then you got to figure out how do we use this guy? Like how do so? How and when do we use these these people? Right? How are we going to make this happen? And that's the challenge because you can only use so much energy. But there's a way of doing it. Like I, I think back now, I wasn't playing 25 minutes a night, but could I have been on the ice three times a week at home at least 
with a skills coach before? Yes, because I was already out there without one. I was going out 15, 20 minutes before as much as I could and staying after. So could it be a more detailed, dialed-in time? Yes, you can. And you know, when I see the oldest practicing, they got their guys out there and they're, they're doing that. So it's evolved even since then. But how can you yeah. get more specific to work with guys um, before and after practice? Well, here's a name for you, Stratty. Because, uh, as you know, I'm, I'm big into the skills coach. I look all around. Sean Allard was the uh, skills coach. My understanding is he has not signed an extension with the Colorado Avalanche yet. And there's people in that organization that I've talked to. Um, this is the guy who is McDavid's, like, McDavid's skills coach in the offseason. Right? He, hey, if you work with the best guy, I think you're probably pretty good. And there's lots of people that talked about lots of little things that he worked on with guys, Nachushkin and others in Colorado that made a big impact. So that's just a name study that I would throw out there for teams. And, you know, if he becomes a free agent, and last I checked, as of last week, he hadn't signed a contract, then I, I wonder if that's one where teams, uh, you know, that's a name that you, I wouldn't be surprised that you see uh, signing with someone here in the near future. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's got to be a match of skills, and it's got to be a match of, um, of, uh, of, of the, of what he's able to, a personality too, right? To mesh with the guys. Then the coaches have to be open to it. How do you fit it all in? But these are conversations well worth having. Like these are things you want to definitely invest in and time. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. So I think it's an evolution, and I think this is a great thing for the for the NHL. I think for the, the young players who maybe have guys who played two years in the American League, they don't they don't they're not they're not they're on a one way they're on a two way contract, but they're not getting their NHL salary. They're getting mm-hmm. the NHL salary. Mm-hmm. They can't afford a skills coach in the summer. They those are the type of players that if they were smart, they would be signing up as quick as they could to those organizations to get more time in the summer working with a skills coach. It wouldn't even be a hesitation for me. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're and, and those, but that's where you, again, you turn a guy who's maybe a borderline HL, NHL player into an NHL player. You've paid it off already. Oh, hundred percent investments. And that's what you're trying to do. Like Vinny Darnay, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Vinny, but if I were Vinny now, I would be hitting the ice pretty damn soon if not already and not not to get in shape but just to work on my skills passing and get a plan okay what are we working on in june or or i guess yeah we're june now what are we working on in uh, june what are we working on in july what are we working on in august what do i need to improve on like just a plan because in three months you can make a big difference like i talked about when i stick out a golf ball every day for 10 or 12 minutes every day from the time my season's over till it started from year one to year two of my uh, HL time, buddy. I, I didn't even recognize my hands when I got them. Even the guys on the other, they were like, what happened to your hands? Like why well, stick out a golf ball for 10, 12 minutes. It made such a difference. Right. And that is, that's pretty, that's a pretty archaic compared to what guys are able to, to get access to now. You're sticking in a stick handling in a phone booth strategy. Is that what you're doing? I honestly, it felt like it was. And I, I can tell you my hands, buddy, they improved so much. Like I, and I know it's it's hard to imagine. We maybe didn't see the finished product, but from where they started, it was. And so I called it. Let's like, just call it 100 days of stick handling. So 100 times 10 minutes, whatever that is. That's a lot of that's a lot of time. 100 percent. 402 and I'm to Sports Editor TSN 1260. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports Center update brought to you by. Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. There are no payments, no interest for one year on your AC unit. Have a cool, cool summer at LegacyHeating.ca.